0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on another big weekend on and off the pitch Celtic win in Perth yesterday And today announced the performance review is still ongoing Rangers still flying high but now have an ongoing investigation Into an alleged Covid breach And Jim Goodwin signed a new contract as the manager of St Mirren I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. Difficult day for Rangers on the Covid front. They have an astonishing defensive record on the park, but there would be no defence for a second breach of pandemic protocols. We await, of course, the outcome of the club's official investigation, and so does Nicola Sturgeon if her outburst at lunchtime is anything to go by. Celtic chairman Ian Bankier says there will be no hasty decision on Neil Lennon's future. The chairman's definition of hasty might now be contested by the Celtic fans and well done Jim Goodwin he deserves that new contract at St Mirren the league table doesn't lie and St Mirren could be top six on Wednesday night if they beat Hamilton at home yeah Rangers maintain their 100% uh, home form record against a win over uh, Kelly Dundee United up to sixth place after a comfortable win over Livy Aki's humble well with a 4-1 win St Mirren and Don's play out a, do- a draw as uh, pressure mounts on Derek McInnes and Celtic see off St Johnson with a 2-1-1 another excellent weekend Monday night 0141-951-1025 I was going to say there's never a shortage of talking points on a Monday night never a shortage of talking points any night in this part of the world but particularly a Monday because every team in the top flight pretty much um, apart from Snow having other ideas but lots of teams in action over the weekend so what did you make of what you saw on the pitch, the good, the bad, the in-between, the controversies, the refereeing decisions, all the usual. And of course, we've got a, an added helping of some off-field stuff this week as well. So get your calls in nice and early and let us know what's on your mind. 0141-951-1025. Do it right now or tweet over at Clyde SSB. It is a Monday night though, which means you two have got some big decisions to make. Your result of the weekend, please, Hugh. I know there is a predictable result in the Lanarkshire El Clasico, but... I'm going for Aberdeen nil, St Mirren nil. Well done, Jim Goodwin. Top six on Wednesday if they beat Hamilton at Paisley. And top five on Saturday if they beat Livy again in Paisley. Oh, it's an well, interesting choice, one. I must admit. But not like, listen, it's, that's the beauty. That's fine. Yeah, not up to me to judge, even though I already have on you go. I'm going for the Ackies. I thought it was a remarkable one to come off the bottom of the table. 4 1 against your rivals. Uh, I have to say, they're starting to play some decent football as well. Yeah, absolutely right. Goal of the weekend, Hugh. Redeem yourself. <laughs> Got to go for Lauren Shankland and that goal against Libby at Tanadice. Mickey Mellon, the Dundee United manager, said we should celebrate Scots when they do things like that. Well, well done, Lauren Shankland. Terrific goal. But I'll be honest, we're going to have to give out three here, I think, because yeah. I reckon Hugh's partly gone Lauren Shankland because he's assumed that you're going to go Ryan Jack. Yes. This is the beauty of the fact that you're not together at the moment. He's in the house. You didn't go Ryan Jack because you thought Hugh was going to go I Ryan Jack. I thought it was Jack. predictable, but anyway, Alistair, I was going to go for Jack. However, I'm going for another Scott, Caroline Weir. An unbelievable chip, a little dink to the back post. Man City versus uh, the old rivals Man United So well done Caroline uh, There we go 01419511025 Before we get to that Your howler though Of the weekend Hugh 
I've got to go Nick Walsh for sending off Livy's Jack Fitzwater. I mean, the standard of refereeing is a concern here, and that was a particularly bad decision. No wonder Livy are contesting it. Uh, you've, d- you've done him a favour as well because you've not mentioned the fact that Peter Pollock got sent off in the same game, Alex, and yeah. people are looking at that decision. It. Really? He, he, he deserved it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go for uh, Motherwell as a collective, Gordon. To lose 4 1 to your biggest rivals yeah. at home is very poor. Yeah, even I can't argue with that. Right, 01419511025 or Twitter at ClydeSSB. Uh, we'd usually start with what happened on the pitch if we can. So let's try and sort of mix it all together. Yeah. Um, Celtic fans, you played yesterday, you played most recently. So what did you make of that? I do have a sneaky suspicion most of you will want to discuss the communication from the club. This morning That's the the latest part of this If you like Is that that performance review That you've all been waiting on Or certainly the ones That phone this show Have been waiting on uh, Is still ongoing According to Chairman Ian Bank here He says Evaluating our options In order to make the right decisions At this time in the club's history Cannot be instant As things stand We're operating under Government imposed restrictions Uh, We are in the period of review That we indicated In our announcement On the 7th of December I must state clearly All decisions will be taken Calmly and rationally We will not make Hasty decisions That we might regret Celtic fans Quite simply What do you make of that? 01419511025 Hugh what do you make of it To kick us off? Celtic with 10 games to go, Gordon. There's no point in uh, changing your manager now with 10 games to go. I would submit. Uh, It's also a way of keeping the Celtic fans uh, on their toes, if you like. Uh, You never know. There might be a Desmond-inspired Hollywood appointment in the offing. We don't know. But it's a dangerous game to play because those old season ticket renewals will be going out shortly and the fans are looking for a Hollywood appointment. We'll find out between now and 8 o'clock Hugh Keevans puts his case forward Alex and says Well, 10 games to go League's over No point in changing your manager Now, I've got a sneaky feeling Some Celtic yeah. fans would disagree with that Gordon, I've been uh, saying for a while now I felt as if there was a lack of leadership And that they promised uh, in January It's now delivered in the middle of February And it was a long-winded uh, statement But never covered a great deal It's actually 11 weeks, Gordon since they actually promised a review and then they pitch up with this. I, I, I would be understandable if there were Celtic uh, supporters out there tonight who were perplexed about this. They are looking for leadership. They're looking for guidance. And so you could even say Neilan will be stepping down in the summer or we're keeping him, whatever it may well be. But give give the fans an indication of what way the club's going because as it happened at the moment, there's not a lot of people too happy with it. Right, 0141 951 1025. Ian is a Celtic fan first up tonight. Just on that, Ian, we'll get to the game as well if you so wish. But you know, no, no hasty decisions at the moment. That's the the line today. What do you make of it? Well, the reason he's not going, and I think Alec and Chew may agree with me here. Um, there's a big bonus for ten in a row, which is not going to happen. Now. That's what. That's why he's still there. Mathematically, it's still the league's still on. If you know what I mean. But it's over. Well, I mean, I've seen this stuff. I, I I don't know the details of Neil Lennon's contract, to be honest. And I've seen this stuff, so I think you'd accept that there is an element of. Of speculation there is. Are you happy enough with that Ian? I mean you've got at least clear communication today Whether you agree with it or not Is that enough for you? I'm not happy with it No I'm not happy with it Because Alec Ray's been talking about it as well 11 weeks And you get a hot rate on the 15th of February This is not a good day for me is it? Yeah I mean Hugh I think that Certainly going by There was a quote from Ian Bank here Where in the period of review We indicated in our announcement On 7th of December That's 11 weeks Um, I, I don't know Don't make me look up the definition of 
of hasty. I, I'm, I'm sure some people wouldn't consider that to be hasty. No. Uh, the first statement promising the review uh, was a stalling exercise. It was to keep the fans at bay. And at that point, as you well remember, Gordon, they were chasing the team bus. There were banners outside in the car park. It was a very unseemly time for the club and their fans. So they, they held off until the Rangers game on the 2nd of January. Rangers then beat Celtic with no trouble at all. And uh, the review was forgotten about. It was planned, I think, around the time that Celtic uh, decided to go to Dubai and when uh, Peter Lawwell witnessed the reaction to uh, the trip to Dubai and his video apology, uh, it was shelved again. And then it became obvious that they were going to do it on the day that the half-yearly figures came out. Now, the half-yearly figures aren't bad, but the supporters are more interested in where the club goes from here. And as I say, they're playing a dangerous commercial game because the season ticket renewals will have to be done pretty soon. But I think that they, if they do know who they want to be their next manager, they can't get him right now, but they can get him further down the line. Ian, does it now look like all things considered that Neil Lennon will be the manager till the end of the season? Is that is that the way you see it, or can things still change between now and then? Yeah, because once the, once the league is over, there's going to be there's going to be some games left. Time to bring in a new manager. There's a new manager sitting in the wings. But she was just she made a comment there. Rangers won the game with no trouble at all in the second of January. They never got shot in target. They won their own, they've got to go with an own goal. They won the game, but they got an own goal. Hugh, is that, I, I must admit, I didn't hear you say that, but I'm sure you must have. Yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, you know, I just regard that Celtic played very well, better than expected, but uh, Rangers still won the game, uh, and that's all that matters. You know, it was described on the 2nd of January as must win, and Celtic didn't win it. Therefore, it was a very bad day. As I say, I, I don't know if Celtic know who they want to be manager. If they do not, then how can they get one in right now? If they do know, but he's unavailable until the end of the season, then I repeat, with 10 games to go, if you don't know who you want or you can't get your man right now, well, of course, Neil Lennon has to stay there until the end of the season. Yeah, the the... The quote there for Ian Banker about hasty decisions and that we calm and rationale. Now, when you step back and look at the facts over the course of the period since the start of the season, he says we go into this campaign on the back of nine wins, back the manager, not losing uh, any players, a lot of good positive stuff. But when you actually look at it, Gordon, out of the Champions League to Ferencvaros, League Cup exit at home to Ross County, you then have bottom of the Europa look, uh, League group stage. Uh, mm-hmm. 8-2 against uh, Sparta Prague You're 18 p- points off the pace And you've got the Dubai debacle And they don't want any haste How bad does this have to get Before you actually make a decision? You? Well that for me is uh, Ian Bankier speak You know He is only wheeled out When Celtic have financial figures to announce And I don't think he speaks the same language, certainly not the same language as Ian on the line. So all of this is stalling for time. It was stalling for time when they mentioned the review. They were stalling for time when January came and went without the review. And they're still stalling for time today with the the use of this word, hasty. You cannot describe a review of the manager's performance as hasty when the season is seven months old. 
but they're stalling for time. Um, Ian, what did you make of yesterday's performance on the pitch? Um, I thought it was it was a slow start. Um, poor first half, I thought. Um, we lost the goal. Uh, Ten minutes, I think, into the second half. I think it was the fifty-fourth minute or something like that. So we had to step it up, and it took two wonderful goals. Mm-hmm. Um, the first goal, uh, Christie going to the byline, but for Edward to get, a, I think, it was, I think he gets towed it, but he put it in the roof of the net. I mean, I think it was Xander Clark gets a goalkeeper. Yes, big, big goalkeeper, Alex Ray. So he is. And he got it by him. But the second goal, the imagination, the build-up, and the dummy by Ryan Christie. And the Celtic supporters, Alex, shouting Christie was crap yesterday. But he, he was involved in the two goals. But the byline again, not not right to the byline, Greg cuts the ball back to Edward. Edward's still got a lot to do. But he's come further away from the goal, Alex. Edge of the six-yard box. And he wraps his foot And he puts it in the bottom corner Yeah he's certainly found yeah. Goal scoring form Alex No doubt yeah. about that Yeah listen you have to say He's backed his best score And that's 20 goals now Which is a great return For a team that have been uh, Struggling uh, Christie's part in both goals Was excellent as well And for me that was the difference Over, over the course of the game uh, I thought St Johnson Kind of battled away manfully But when you've got players like that And you've got Edward in that form Gordon I think what's that He's got 8 goals His last 6 or 7 games Which is a remarkable return Uh and he just looks as if he's playing with a smile on his face now again. I don't know if that's because the pressure's off or he seems settled because the window's now closed, but he seems to be in a better place. I was very good. You know, uh, disappointed not to be ahead at half-time. Um, I thought last 20, 25 minutes of the first half, we were very, very good. Um, took a blow with the first real attempt St. Johnson had on goal and uh, our reaction was excellent. We scored two brilliant goals. And we could have won the game by a lot more. So, yeah, the body language, the performances are, are very, very good at the minute. We're not sort of grinding out results. We're playing very well. Thank you to Ian. Let's bring in Paul, who's calling in from Helensborough tonight. Paul, we've just been hearing a bit about the the performance review, if you like, that announcement from Celtic this morning. What do you make of that? Uh, in my humble opinion, the Celtic board are not fit for purpose and should follow Peter Lowell's example and retire as soon as possible. Uh, the other thing is that Celtic have uh, made contact with Nolan Partners to drop a short list of candidates for the direct, director of football. So it means at least we'll see that there is going to be an interview process unlike uh, in May 2019 there was only one guy got offered the job nobody else was considered so uh, that uh, yeah I mean Hugh without pretending to be anything close to an expert on corporate structure or the way boards are made up I, I get the emotional side of what Paul's saying but you know the chances of the whole the entire board just up and leaving and following Peter Lowell and that being some sort of magic um, cure I'm not sure if that's something we can realistically expect or ask for no, in any way, it doesn't matter, Gordon. There's only one guy who matters here, and that's Dermot Desmond. He is the principal shareholder, to all intents and purposes, the owner of the club. And Celtic will go in a direction of Dermot Desmond's choosing when this season is over. 
Uh, yeah, they've gone to the headhunting firm to uh, look for a director of football. People from Manchester City getting mentioned. People from Juventus getting mentioned. They, they'll have to work that out for themselves. But the only guy who matters here is Dermot Desmond. If Board left tomorrow, no one would notice because it's Dermot Desmond who matters. He's the, he's the principal shareholder. And when the big calls have to be made, he brought in Martin O'Neill and he brought in Brendan Rodgers. And the Celtic supporters are drumming their fingers now, waiting to see who Hollywood appointment number three might be. Uh, Paul, in that statement today, it says, you know, we will not make hasty decisions that we might regret. Can you can you understand that? Can you get on board with that at all? Uh, I'm actually quite glad that they're not going to... I actually thought rigor mortis because the silence was deafening from them. And uh, the, other, the other thing was, and I was absolutely livid last week, and I commend all the people that came forward and gave evidence about the abuse, and put a blank sheet of paper saying Celtic apologise for the abuse, and not one person signed it. So uh, that they should be ashamed of themselves for that as well. Yeah, I mean, Hugh, two obviously very, very different issues. Um, we had Andrew McLean on the show with with the likes of Gordon and Mark last week, kind of dealing with that that side of things. But I don't know. I don't know if this is a, a general feeling towards the way things are going at Celtic at the moment or not? Well, Celtic came out and uh, repeated an apology that they had made earlier. Uh, I think the only way that this story goes forward, uh, not only with regard to Celtic, but all the other clubs who were named in the, the, the report uh, prepared by the SFA, how this story goes forward is with regard to reparation. Mm. You know, If there are claims for compensation... Uh, will Celtic and the other clubs contest it or will they pay up? Okay, thank you to Paul in Helensborough on Twitter. Another Paul uh, says that review today was a whole lot of absolute nothing. The board are now playing with the fans and also season ticket renewal. 01419511025. I did say that it was on and off the field this weekend. If you want to talk football and good goals and things that you're Team have achieved or not achieved this weekend That's great Of course off the field Rangers confirming last night uh, They have an ongoing investigation Into an alleged Covid breach It's never ideal when we Have to talk about things That the First Minister is mentioning On Clyde One Super Scoreboard That's where we're at We'll look at that situation next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here But they're all waiting for you to get in touch So give us a call or tweet us at Clyde SSB And let us know what's on your mind Rangers confirming last night that They've launched a, a probe into allegations That players attended a gathering Which was broken up by police over the weekend It was just a short statement on Twitter After it emerged um, of these, you know, these accusations had emerged Of breaching our very strict lockdown restrictions That were under at the moment The club said that they were aware of the alleged incident Subject to an internal investigation And will make no further comment So that any further comment still to come We're clearly a bit light on the detail I know social media is awash with speculation Such as the way of these things um, The police confirming that they received reports of a gathering In, in an address in Glasgow uh, In the early hours of, of yesterday morning So that's sort of where we're at at the moment, Hugh, like I say, bit light on on detail, but Rangers confirming they're looking into something, and 
Understandably emotions are running high With fans on social media about this stuff Well first of all Very very wrong of us to speculate On who was there But Rangers will know who was there Because Police Scotland will have told them Because on the spot fines were handed out So they only have to ask Police Scotland And they'll know which of their employees uh, Attended uh, This party Uh, So I'm sure that Rangers are waiting to tidy everything up and then we'll make the appropriate response because you have to make the appropriate response when the first minister of the country uh, is asked about it and speaks in such emphatic terms as she did that no matter which club it is, you are, to use her expression, not on. Uh, Let's bring in Thomas, who's a Rangers fan on the line and get his take on things. Hi, Thomas. Good evening, gentlemen. It's with regards to this alleged incident and if the Rangers inquiry proves that any of our players were involved then as a Rangers supporter I hope the club takes the strongest possibly disciplinary action against them Um, I would like to see a point where again if it's proved that Rangers turn around and say that any further breaches then the players will not represent Rangers Football Club again it shames the club, the behaviour. I don't care what happens at other clubs, it's only Rangers I'm bothered about. It shames the name of the club. And there will come a point, there's, there's been quite a few incidents now, and even at Rangers, we had Jones and Edmondson who are now in Moan. There's going to come a point when something will happen and the First Minister will call time. Now, we are on the cusp of a 55th league title. I know there's a few more games to go before it you know, it can go this, down the same road as last season. But if the league is declared null and void because of the behaviour of Rangers players, then that would be a travesty uh, for the club. And again, it's just the name of Rangers getting dragged through the mire by irresponsible young men who are well paid in a privileged position and should know better, again, always assuming that it's proved. Yeah, I mean, Alex, this is, we're in a bit of limbo tonight in the sense that we don't yet know Rangers' exact findings, if you like. Um, but this is the social media age, and you can't you can't really ignore the fact that. And this, by the way, this is not it's not as if this is all opposition fans sniping. There are lots of concerned Rangers fans out there wanting to find out what happened. Um, what have you made of it over the last? What will that be about twenty four hours almost? Yeah, it's hard to believe that we're back at this place, Gordon. Having seen Edmondson and um, Jones uh, go out partying as well, um, they get a seven game ban for that, Gordon. And um, I think one of the key things that uh, the words that over Hugh spoke about it, and, and our caller Thomas uh, spoke about it as well, and he said the ramifications. So when you step back for this. Again, we don't know the details, so we need to be careful. But if these guys had stepped outside that that bubble, which put the squad in jeopardy with the European tie on Thursday, and then you have the the, the First Minister out today kind of having a go as well, which he has done consistently across all the other misdemeanours, for me, I can't imagine what was going through the guys' heads. And they really need to start thinking about what they're doing. Uh, And again, you have to look at if there is a punishment, what's it going to be, Gordon? Because... The other two guys have been patched. They've been sent to, you know, mm. uh, the first division in England and won in the championship. But when you look at what's actually happening at the Rangers, and, and, and Thomas is right, they're on the cusp of a championship. And to risk that mm. is beyond me. Yeah, Hugh, if it is found that, you know, the, the, the rumours are true, if you like, or, or there is a case to be answered, do you just wonder what the what the thought process is there ha- On a number of levels Right Because we're all having A really tough time At the moment and, and we can't do anything So everyone knows that However 
Let's not let too many people go on their high horse about that Because clearly take a look at social media Loads of folk are doing things that they shouldn't That doesn't make it okay okay for anyone who wants to misunderstand it Um, But having watched at close quarters Jordan Jones and George Edmondson Having seen the public reaction The media reaction Having no doubt had an insight into the club's reaction The manager's reaction you, You just wonder at what point Someone didn't think Ah, we better not Gordon, I, I raised three children through teenage years and early 20s. They're all, I said all, stupid at that age. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the younger players... I'll respectfully uh, disagree on that, but I'll let you go on. Well, I, I was speaking about my own family. I have no <laughs> doubt that you led an impeccable life. Yes. But, uh, you know, the Scottish government commended Rangers when it was... Jones and Edmondson, they commended Rangers for uh, the firm nature of the stance that they took. Now, we cannot speculate because the verdict hasn't come in yet. We don't know whether the verdict is guilty or not guilty. We don't know who was there and who was not there. But I am absolutely certain that Rangers, in light of the First Minister's comments this afternoon, I'm certain that Rangers will take the proper degree of action against the players involved but we have to wait to see what this internal investigation throws up however Rangers have no recourse but to take the strongest possible action I do not believe that Nicola Sturgeon is of a mind to close down Scottish football right now but she has watched the bottom two divisions being shut down uh, for COVID-related reasons, but she has given no indication whatsoever. In spite of her comments months ago about the yellow card for Scottish football, I she is, after all, a politician. And I think she's aware of the political ramifications, to use that word again, of closing down the season as it stands right now. I don't believe it's on her agenda. It's taken me all my power not to stand here and use expletives whenever I get asked about football again. I don't care what club it is that's breaching the rules. If you're breaching the rules, you're in the wrong. And it's really frustrating. Not just to me or the government, I suppose that's not the most important thing, although believe me, it is really frustrating. But it's really unfair to the vast majority of people in the country who don't have the privileges that elite sports people have right now. And therefore, when they see elite sports people breach these rules, and, you know, let's also be frank, the vast majority are not, but when a small number do, then people think, why why am I bothering? So can I say to football and sport generally, please make sure your house is in order, because it is. it shouldn't take me standing here to say to highly paid footballers, Uh, that you've got to obey the rules. It really shouldn't take that. But the fact that it does is hugely frustrating to me. And I don't care whether it's Celtic, Rangers um, or any other club. It's not on. So please stop breaking the rules. Does this mean that football has to get its house in order, Hugh? Or are these just private citizens or in in their own time who've who've done something stupid? Does that have to reflect on football as, as an industry? Well, you raise a very good point, Gordon, because when Volleyball and Golly decided to go and have an away day in Spain, uh, Celtic at the time were making sure that the protocols were being properly observed and it was costing Celtic a lot of money to do so. But one rogue player went away for the day. 
when the Aberdeen 8 went out, I'm quite sure that Aberdeen Football Club were observing all the protocols and paying the price. Likewise, when Jones and Edmondson went out, it was no reflection on Rangers and the way they were handling the pandemic in terms of the protocols. What we have here, again, is human nature. But it would be astonishing if Rangers' investigation shows that a player or players attended a house party in the the aftermath of the Jones and Edmondson business. I'm quite sure that Stephen Gerrard will be as frustrated as Nicola Sturgeon. Oh, and, and perhaps more, Alex. But, they, you know, people are now sort of fearing about, what, you know, what does this mean for football? And Nicola Sturgeon says football needs to get its house in order. And even Rangers fans are going, oh, I hope they don't sort of cancel yeah. the league sort of thing. But um, I don't know. Is this the same as... It's not like Rangers have breached protocols in the sense that someone has found out that... There's no social distancing at, at Ockenhowie. No one's wearing masks. They're all in the dressing room together. They're car sharing. Uh, there's yeah. been an outbreak, and you know whatever club that would be, th- that would perhaps lead to people saying football needs to get its house in order. Yeah. I just wonder if you can stop. If you again, it makes it sound like I'm, I'm trying to say it's okay. Of course it's not. I just wonder if it has to automatically reflect on football as a whole and yeah. as an industry. Yeah, it has to be boiled down to the individuals, Gordon, because they are the ones that are actually stepping outside the protocols that are put in place by the clubs uh, and they are putting the game at risk in general. Um, it's interesting because there have been so many misdemeanours over the course of you know, about at least a half a dozen and the punishments have varied in certain degrees uh, and it's almost as if they're making it up as you go along or will be more stricter with the most recent one and... Uh, if you look back to the earlier ones There wasn't a great deal of you. Maybe, I think Bollingoli got a three game More recent a seven game And you're trying to find some sort of balance And a deterrent that's actually going to stop these guys From actually doing that Because the clubs, Gordon I mean is, is it the case that there isn't one though Let's be honest Because like we said If this is all found to be What people suspect it to be These guys will have seen first hand Much closer than Absolutely. you And much closer than I What happened to George, George Edmondson and Jordan yep. Jones See what what is the deterrent then? If if that's not enough, what is? Oh no! Listen again, it goes but, but but Gordon, the, see when you actually look at the deterrent. For me, Edmondson and Jones probably won't play for Rangers again. If it doesn't get any bigger than that, that's, that's my point. So what I'm saying is, these guys, if that is the price that they have to pay, they will look back on this and go, "What a bad mistake that was." Because I'm sure Jones, and uh, you know, playing in League One, with the greatest respect to League One, and Rangers are going for a championship, potentially missing out on a medal. Uh, it's it's really bad play all round And they need to get on top of it Gordon Because we, this can happen indefinitely uh, Let's bring in Andy Thank you to Thomas for kicking us off on that topic Andy what do you make of it? I listen guys I totally agree with everything you've said so far it's, I was going to talk about football first But this, no, everything Alex, you and yourself just said Is totally true We can't we can bubble sit You know, the bubble sit and we Bubble sit I'll call it But when you boys are out at night Once they're away from the Angels this, they, they, I just cannot believe they've done this. You know, they could, as Alex said, they, they could put us in trouble here, you know what I mean? Going to Europe, the league coming up, you know what I mean? So, aye, so that, everything you've said is brand new. I was just, just talking about, uh, I like to try and change it, but the boy Saturday's game, I thought, we never, really, we never really looked troubled much. I mean, we didn't, we maybe two or three, or maybe three players played quite well, but no, I just thought we should have scored more goals. Uh, and I just, but we didn't have, have a lot in trouble, but I'm just hoping for Europe now. We'll get Manelis and Ruth back. That uh, you know, Stevie G's got him playing in Europe just the way he does. You know, what I mean, he, he seems to 
get him to go up like three or four ratings you know what I mean what you make, let's ask Alex what he made of the, the yeah. performance I know you were there at the weekend yeah uh, listen I think the frustration for Stephen Gerrard Gordon was that they weren't ruthless enough you know the, a certain level of performance up until the, the final third uh, and they passed up a lot of good opportunities and I was talking to you off earlier about being ruthless taking the opportunity to strike a lot earlier um, and putting games to bed uh, I thought they were fairly comfortable throughout the course of the match but once there's only one goal in it Gordon you're always running a risk there's a little bit of anxiety but in the grand scale of things I thought they dealt with Commandlock's threat fairly fairly comfortable I mean the big picture Hugh is it's another three points it's another win which takes Rangers even closer to that title so in that respect the performance level clearly doesn't matter that much why would it but do you leave room for fans like Andy and understand why because Europe is now coming up again they would they were maybe hoping for just a little bit more a little bit more swagger a little bit more confidence or whatever it may be with Europe in mind yeah probably uh, but Europe is a separate life form where Steven Gerrard is concerned and always has been since he became Rangers manager I just look at one stat Gordon from this season at home, Rangers have scored 40 times and lost one goal. 44, one against. My goodness, that's some record. Did you get any prizes at the end of the season for being the only team to score at Ibrooks? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> no, I know I know no. you're coming for you, but listen, see the thing is, Gordon, you, you, the form at home has been so impressive. You know, the defensive record and uh, now... Uh, Alfredo's coming back Roof's still got a, a, a game to, to see out From his suspension So I think when the Arfield's back in the mix as well Ryan Jack's back Well I think one of the callers says There was only three players uh, At the weekend I thought Stephen Davis and Jack Were immense in the middle of the park And uh, it just shows you The importance of having These guys in the team Right Andy Good to speak to you That was Andy in Finiston 01419511025 This is a great time to call Because we're going to get Travel with Stephen Which means you Could be coming up next And we'll hear from Stephen Gerrard after these This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans in the man cave Alex Ray in the studio Both of them though equally keen to hear from you on a Monday night So pick up the phone 01419511025 If you would rather just tweet It's at Clyde SSB Um, Let's hear a bit from Stephen Gerrard Shall we? Looking I'll tell you what Let's bring in Kenny first Kenny's a Rangers fan on the line um, What about this Ryan Jack Goal At the weekend Kenny Where does that rank for you Would it be goal of the season On any other season For Rangers If Kamar Roof Hadn't had other ideas Well um, I thought it was A contender for goal Of the, the season When I seen it On Saturday um, but I see that Hugh and Alex And even uh, Voted for it Goal of the week of a main goal of the season, but I suppose there was a few good ones this weekend. I, do, um, I think that I think there was a breakdown in communication on that one. I must admit, but you gave it a bit. You gave it a Kenny, mention, Kenny. I was going to go for it, and I was led to believe that Hugh might have been <laughs> might, might have been going for it. So I ended up having to change my mind at the last minute. But anyway, we got there. And then. It was some goal. I mean, from the way it, it came down and he controlled it, and it was one movement, and then the next movement he just hit it. You know, it's not like one of these. He knew exactly what he was doing I suppose it don't always come off But it was absolutely brilliant Let's hear a bit from the manager on it He says it's up there with the best you'll see From outside the box um, He says it comes as a result of Ryan Jack trying to adapt and improve his game Up there with the best goals you'll see from outside the box The only disappointing thing for Ryan is Kemar Roof will still probably get goal of the season um, But listen, I'm sure that's right up there In, in Jack Hall's best goals We've been encouraging the midfielders to shoot more From the edge of the box But the first touch is, is top draw 
and um, the execution on the finish. Um, he deserves all the credit that's going to come his way and, and rightly so, it's a top-class finish. Yeah, listen, he needs to be able to adapt and when we're at home and we want to be aggressive and we want to be the risk-takers and take the game to the opposition, he's allowed to be a bit more free from the midfield areas. He's got Stephen Davis in there to compliment him, who was man of the match today. I thought he was outstanding both sides of the game. Um, but we want Ryan to get around the box because he's clever enough to pay that last pass. He's clever enough to work opportunities and you know when he strikes it as clean as that he's capable of scoring from distance so um, credit to Jacko you know he's um, he's trying to add different different parts to his game to improve What are you making overall about the, the football at the moment Kenny because clearly the league table tells you that it's all it's all going better than fine um, previous Rangers caller was sort of saying about maybe trying to be a bit more convincing in games like the weekend what's your take on it? I think uh, I think Rangers are fairly good on Saturday. I mean, they limited the Kilmarnock to very few chances. I can't even remember Alan McGregor having one real save to make. Um, I thought a bit slight in front of goal, you know, and maybe sometimes trying to over elaborate some of the, the the play, you know, when it was got towards the box instead of just putting a killer ball in. But uh, I think on another day with that play um, possession, we would get maybe three or four goals. Um, probably could have had one if uh, the man I wanted to talk about, Tavernier. Um, he he got himself in a good position. I think he was just about to pull the trigger when, to me, he was barred from the back. I thought it was a still more penalty, as I did think it was a a still more free kick for Kilmarnock at the other end of the park later on towards the death. Uh, that wasn't a penalty, it was definitely outside the box, but I think both of them were fouls. One should be a penalty, one should be a free kick. Um, but let me put those to Alex And I'll, I'll yeah. let you back in Kenny Yeah I, I agree with you Kenny I thought uh, Tavernier got bars for the back uh, The defender uh, The recovering defender Got caught on the wrong side And clearly the, There was contact in his back and, and like you said I think the, the striker for St Johnson Was clearly caught by uh, Balligan mm-hmm. So I think Don Robertson Missed two clear cut But going back to your earlier point And I think Stephen Gerrard Said there as well It's about this kind of Being ruthless I think that he mentions he would like his midfielders to shoot more I would like more of the Rangers middle to front When they get an opportunity and they're bearing down on centre-halves Just shift it a yard and get a shot off Because what happens there then is this, the defenders then engaging you more Because they're expecting a shot Which allows you to then probe little passes So you play a little bit of cat and mouse And by doing that, I'm sure they'll score more goals uh, did you have a, a more general point about James Tavernier, Kenny? I feel like you were setting up for that one. Yeah, well, I was listening. Uh, I was listening today. Uh, I'm working from home just now, so I'm, if I'm on emails, I can have the radio on all day. So I hadn't heard Friday or Saturday night show, so I was listening to it. There was a boy on Scott, I think his name was, and he was giving Tavernier a hard time. Um, the Tavernier is. He's a modern day throwback. He's going to get caught in position sometimes. He's, you know, the way he attacks up the park. And yet, his form over the middle of the last month hasn't been as good as it was in the beginning of the season, or the early part of the season. But that's because teams have adapted the way they play against Rangers now. And both him uh, and Barisic at the other side, uh, they've got people on him and they're not getting quite as far. But he's still, I thought he was immense. Again, on Saturday there, I thought he was really good. He's running with the ball, was brilliant. His delivery's fantastic, um, and he could be a bit of luck. He could have had a goal there if any, you know, what I think was filled. I, I think he was very harsh on him uh, with the criticism he was giving him. Yeah, I think Hugh was it you that was on on Friday night, Hugh? You'll you'll remember the call. But that that's what makes Glasgow go round. Only here do we get on one hand people think you've got a stick on player of the year contender, um, and then someone will say I think he needs dropped for a bit because his performance levels have dipped. Well, Kenny will remember uh, that I said to the caller, 
I think you're being excessively harsh. Those were the two words I used. Excessively harsh on Tavernier, who for me remains, along with Stephen Davis, contender for uh, Player of the Year. I just think that he has contributed so much, not just in terms of the goals that he has scored, but he's uh, done well in the, the captain's role, led from the front, and uh, I suspect probably has designs on a big finish to the season because the one who was called the serial underachiever will want to be the one who lifts the, the league trophy. He's a standout player in Scotland over the course. Uh, I take the, 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 the Kenny's point about, you know, the last month he's kind of dipped a little bit, uh, which is understandable when you, you look at the form because his standards were so high in the opening months. I think he's the only player that was a back-to-back uh, player in months as well this season, Gordon. 17 goals, dozen assists, plus he's part of a backline that's actually conceded eight goals in 29 games. So to say that he's come out of the mix is so far off. And if you actually remember earlier on in the game as well, Tavernier scored at the weekend. It was just probably marginally, just very tight. Uh, so he's still given an offensive option as well. Probably marginally, just very tight. Gordon, because of the angle, I can't really say. <laughs> I like that. No, that's, I've just I liked it. I liked your your commitment to showing us just how close it was. Yeah, I, I genuinely I couldn't say with any certainty, but you know we gave him a benefit of the doubt. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Never catch on. <laughs> what is this five to seven? We've not really moaned about any referee. Well, Kenny Kenny brought one up, but in a polite fashion, we've not moaned too much about any refereeing decisions. Here, I'm almost feeling a bit out of sorts on a Monday night. Well. I did say the howler of the weekend for me was Nicky Walsh at Tannadice, ridiculous red card. Livy will now challenge that red card. I, I do think on a serious note that all across the board, we have rows on a daily, nightly basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, about one decision or another. The standard of refereeing simply is not good enough. Yeah, well, listen, I was actually thinking about the Pollock one there. For me, that was probably a bit harsh as well. I know he overruns it a little bit and just catches him, but is it really going to warrant uh, a red card? Uh, um, right, thank you, Kenny and Guruk. It was nice to speak to you. 01419511025. These were Stephen Gerrard's more general thoughts on the game. I think in many ways it was very good. Um, you know, obviously we were disappointed and frustrated with the result and the performance last week. Uh, we asked the boys for a reaction and um, get back to what we're about in terms of our identity and what we've shown for the majority of the season. So we're pleased with lots of it. You know, a clean sheet. I think Alan's been relatively quiet today and he was obviously very busy last week. So that's certainly uh, a positive for us. A clean sheet, 14 wins out of 14 at home is a, a fantastic level and um, obviously the goal we've scored was was outstanding where they're winning any football match and we've had five or six of the real good opportunities in the game for it to be more comfortable for us so we'll take away from the game that we need to be a bit more ruthless and a bit more clinical uh, in front of goal Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Always like the clean slate of Beat the Pundit on a Monday night. You just don't know what's going to happen the rest of the week. So it's a chance for either you or the pundits to get their noses in front. 0141 951 1025. You give us a call before 7 o'clock into the hat. If you get on air, you get the chance to take on Hugh Keevens or Alex Ray and win a signed ball. It is that simple. You do need to call before 7. So be quick. Your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here into the second hour of tonight's show Kicked off hearing from Celtic fans this 
Ongoing review Ian Bankier says it's still underway Lots of Celtic fans on social media And a couple on the phones uh, Suggesting they're not too happy with that But maybe some of you are So feel free to step up to the plate And let us know uh, Rangers launching that investigation Into a potential Covid breach We've of course uh, Spoken about some of the performances At the weekend as well So if you think we've not done Any of those enough Keep them coming And what about you St Mirren fans Surely you're not just going to sit back On the day that Jim Goodwin Signs his new contract Let us know what's on your mind 01419511025 Let's do this Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are ready. Hugh Keevens is a new man. I don't know if there's something performance enhancing in the vaccination that he got or whether it's the fact that he's at home, but your Beat the Pundit performances have gone through the roof. Well, You've put the hex on it now, haven't you? Well, well and truly. Nothing more than you've done to various football teams around the country for the last 50 years. So, uh, and time, it's been my pleasure. Time to get a taste of your own medicine. Uh, Brian is going to play tonight from Coalsyth. How's it going, Brian? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Not bad at all. I'm wondering, Brian, is Hugh striking a bit of fear into people given his improved performances during lockdown? I think it's experience, mate. I think that's experience. what he's got on his side, mate. So, Brian, yeah, I he, think that's what it is. He's got a lot of experience, that's for sure. That's one way of putting it. Uh, right, let's see who is going to be up against Brian tonight. If it's heads, it is Hugh Keevens on fire since we kicked him out of the studio. If it's tails, it will be Alex Ray. Let's see what we've got. Ooh, and it is tails. It's Ray up against. That's another tail. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, I need to get to the bottom of this. Because do you know what's. Is that. It's actually getting to me, right? Because people are now questioning at home whether I can actually toss a coin at all. And people have been saying that one of the pundits had a go. I think you just witnessed that. That was a textbook. I nearly hit the ceiling. And it was perfect. Caught it. No problem. I I can't help it. It always lands in tails. Has Bowie no had that coin in the morning as well? Very possibly. I'll blame him. I'll blame somebody else. Uh, Right. Anyway, it is going to be Alex Ray. So I'll give him Clyde 2 to listen to just for a little while. uh, So he doesn't steal your answers, Brian. Oh, oh! look at that Great honesty from Alex Ray He's admitting that he can't hear Clyde too Which means producer Callum will need to do something magic Beyond my abilities Oh, there we go Look at that, that's great honesty from you You could have just sat back Listened to Brian's answers There we go, give them a wee That's you, right Oh, he's dancing there, Brian That's not great, right 30 seconds, Brian Head to head with Alex And you can pass That's all you need to know You ready? Good man, 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Who was the Scotland manager for our Euro playoff games Against the Netherlands in 04? Um, Stevie Clark What nationality is Rangers midfielder Yanis Hadji? Uh, Romanian Which team have scored the least amount of goals In the Scottish Premiership this season? Ross County Which side did Celtic sign Ryan Christie from? Motherwell Who was sent off for Motherwell on Saturday Oh Craigan The Dandies is a nickname for which SPFL team The Dandies The Dandies Mm-hmm. Mm. Dundee Right okay let's bring Alex Ray back Alex can you hear us Blondie Call me What a song oh, Good I'm glad you enjoyed Brilliant. it Right same set of questions to you You ready Go Let's go who was the Scotland manager for our Euro 2004 playoff against the Netherlands? Uh, McLeish. What nationality is Rangers midfielder Yanis Hadji? Uh, Romanian. Which team have scored the least amount of goals in the Scottish Premiership this season? Hamilton. 
Which side did Celtic sign Ryan Christie from? Inverness, Cali Who was sent off for Motherwell on Saturday? Uh, Stephen O'Donnell The Dandies is a nickname for which SPFL team? Aberdeen Chris Erskine, Stephen Saunders and Paul Payton All play for which Lowland League side? Uh, I'm going to go for East Kilbride Okay, okay Brian, how do you think that went? No, I think he's done me, mate Think so? Right, let's find Aye. out the damage First question uh, Who was the Scotland manager for our Euro 2004 playoff games against Holland? Brian, I'm going to put that down to first question Nerves, I feel like the callers often Diving yeah. in the first Certainly wasn't Stevie Clark. No, it wasn't him, mate um, I, Do you know what? I had lit my cleese in my head but Oh, don't worry, it wasn't him either It was Benny oh, Fox oh, right, okay. So there we go you can, yeah, you can forget that um, What nationality is Rangers midfielder Yanis Hadji Romanian? You both got it which team has scored the least amount of goals in the Scottish Premiership? Ross County it is, oh. and Brian got it. He goes 2-1 in front. Uh, you equalised straight away, though. Inverness was where Ryan Christie moved from uh, from to Celtic. Um, your time machine was out again, Brian. Stephen Cragen, he's not been sent off. He's sent off for Motherwell a few times, to be uh, fair, but not in a while. Stephen O'Donnell. So Alex Ray goes 3-2 in front. The Dandies is Aberdeen, so he stretches his lead. And he just put a wee bit of gloss on it at the end East Kilbride for Chris Erskine, Stephen Saunders And Paul Payton So a 5 for Alex It was a 2 for you Brian Not enough tonight Hard lines No, no, cheers Well done Alex Well done partner, thanks Good man, that was Brian in Colescythe You'd get 7 at least Hugh Keevens, I've no doubt Well, I was just thinking As Louis Walsh would have said You'd have smashed it <laughs> I didn't even know that was a, a, a Louis Walsh catchphrase Yes Yeah Right yeah. in the day It was X Factor Hugo yeah. okay. Yes it was Alec Lovely I'm going to get producer Callum To take that clip off And we can definitely Play that out of context For Hugh at some point And have a bit of fun with it So uh, we'll see what we can come up with Right 0141 951 1025 We are on Twitter as well Clyde SSB St Mirren fans Come on This mm-hmm. is not the night to be quiet New contract for Jim Goodwin Well deserved I assume you agree Let's hear from you um, We'll bring in Craig who is a Celtic fan from Bristol? Hi, Craig. Uh, hi, guys. All right. How's it going? Yeah, I, I'm fine. It sounds a bit strange, but about when the COVID and and how all the football's been strange with emptying stadiums and virus a whole lot. I think that they should cancel last season and this. So Celtic don't get a nine in a row And Rangers don't stop them getting a ten in a row But they've got a chance of them Stopping getting their nine in a row Does that make sense? Oh, it makes, well, I get the suggestion So so you have to reset this And Celtic get Celtic get another chance to win nine in a row And we forget about everything that's happened this season Yeah, exactly Even <laughs> the quadruple treble They've got to win that league before they get the quadruple treble, and I'm a Celtic fan. Okay, the obvious question, Craig: Would you be saying this if Celtic were 18 points clear at the top right now? Probably not, to be honest. (laughs) At least he's honest. honest, You can't can't do that. Yeah, I I have declared a new state. Uh, I've I've declared the the state of Bragadoon based on Brigadoon. And uh, it's a place that's remote from reality And uh, Craig is as far away from reality As it's possible to get uh, So I, I, I hope his uh, suggestion was tongue-in-cheek mm. If he made it in all sincerity Then 
he'll wait a long, long time before it happens. Well, he started off though, Alex. I could see the negotiating technique where he said, "Look, I'm a Celtic fan, and I'm willing to give up nine in a row as well. I think we should give up." So I'm not saying it's just this season. We give up last season as well, and even the quadruple treble. Um, I was kind of yeah. Can you see any, I, any future in that no, suggestion? No chance at all. Uh, you, you wouldn't be behind it. No, that surprises me. I must say. Oh, listen, where are we going with this, Gordon? It's madness. Uh, listen, I, I understand what you're saying. He wants to try and go nine and ten again, but it looks as if that boat has already sailed. In amongst there, I think we can all agree that, yeah, this is obviously so different, Hugh. And I, I, the, every week it, it goes on, rather than getting used to it, I feel like it's just hitting home even more about the lack of fans. All the good things that fans should be there to celebrate, mm. and. Same come the end of the season All the bad things That they should be there To, to get angry at It feels so different That's not me saying We, we scrap it all But This is where Celtic Have to be very careful uh, With the, the statement Made by Ian Bank Here today um, the, the, the fans are in uh, A rebellious Mode uh, they, they, they want to know What's happening Before they agree To buy season tickets They'll buy them while not knowing if they can get inside the ground, if they believe in the appointment that is made to follow Neil Lennon. I don't think that Neil Lennon mm. would stand up as a commercial gambit by the Celtic board. Season tickets will not be renewed by many people if Neil Lennon is mm. still the manager. So this is where the stalling for time tactic is dangerous because the season ticket renewals will go out but the fans won't know who the manager will be and on that basis may just hold fire and hold their money back. Having said that, we obviously leap all over these comments in this part of the world. I heard Robbie Fowler on a podcast earlier, Alex, yeah. saying that he felt Liverpool had been the most affected in world football, I think he said, by a lack of fans. So yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know if that's sort of... if that's. Is is understandable that that would be part of the go-to for a team that has had dominance previously yeah. and is struggling to hit the heights this season? No, you can't draw yeah. exact parallels between Celtic and Liverpool, but the, the reigning champions have yeah. dropped off. Yeah, listen, what you can see about the Liverpool fans, Celtic fans, Rangers fans—they're very vocal and very supportive when things are going their, their own way, Gordon. And um, so you can understand why they would actually miss that fan base, uh, and that is the pressure of playing with big clubs. However, there will be uh, other examples where. Same for everyone yeah, I guess absolutely. is what the, the answer would be uh, Craig You've admitted that you wouldn't be suggesting this That we scrapped the last two seasons If Celtic were 18 points clear What about th this review the, the suggestion that you know Celtic aren't going to dive in on a decision I think it was 11 weeks ago it was announced Is that what yeah, said? Right, oh, 11 yeah. weeks ago Still ongoing Are you happy enough to wait a little bit longer To find out Neil Lennon's future Or should that have been done by now? Well I, well, I do think that they are going to let him go to the end of the season. So regardless of the review, there's no point in bringing a new manager in at this moment in time. Yeah, fair enough. All right, Craig in Bristol, thank you. 01419511025. Uh, we are on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Just before we move on um, from... Celtic point There was another um, Bit of Neil Lennon I wanted to bring you From the weekend That I don't think We got round to This was him talking About Odson Edouard Back with a double yesterday Yeah he is I mean not just the goals But his Link up players Playing general Particularly second half was, was superb So Yeah I mean He was definitely Looking more and more Like the player he was Last season as well I thought Christie was good You know Bright energetic um, 
project, had a great game. Greg Taylor had another fine game and um, yeah, we defended resolutely at times when we needed to, which is again something we haven't done as well as we could have done this year. What's made the I don't know, he just seems a lot more settled and um, I think there was a lot of things on his mind first half of the season. Uh, he's, he's really found his form then. We're delighted, you know, because he makes us better, you know, and that's the sort of form we were showing this time last season. So, yeah, it all goes well between now and the end of the season. It's, it's in great goal scoring form, but I was pleased with his all round performance. You know, the physicality was better today as well. His running was better. And certainly his technique on the ball was, was very good. Hugh, the nature of Celtic's season so far means that even though Odson Edward is in really good form at the moment, some people will just say, oh, that's because he's playing for a move, or oh, that's because the pressure is off. Um, but the, the one, one thing's for sure, he, he is showing what a lot of the, the hype previously was about. Those are perhaps slightly more cynical explanations. You may well want to, to agree with them, I, I don't know. I think he is playing for a move. Uh, I also think it's just as well for Celtic that he has scored as many goals as he has done. He scored 15 league goals. He's a top league goal scorer in the Premiership. There isn't another Celtic player in the top 10. So that's how valuable uh, Odson Edwards' goals have been. But Celtic are now in a position where they have to sell him in the summer. His contract is running down. Celtic have to cash in on the fact that he's looking a terrific player once again. And they have to compensate for the COVID-19 effect. Their figures today are not at all bad. But they have to cash in on Odson Edward at the end of the season. Otherwise, uh, it's maladministration. I mean, I think some people would be concerned with the figures, Alex. Um, But we are all in difficult times. Most clubs will experience difficulties. Uh, Jeremy Frimpong's transfer fee wouldn't have been part of that. Whether Olivier and Cham's deal becomes permanent and his yeah. fee would get added on and so on. So um, you can certainly look at that in a number of ways. On on Edward, see this notion of, of playing for a move, right? I want to tap into your professional footballer mindset here though. Is that is that as bad a thing as, as people make it out to be? Ultimately, are all footballers not kind of doing that? Yeah. In the sense that they are trying to better themselves in one way or another And ultimately the team that you're with at the moment Benefits from that Because you play well You help them win games And, and you may yeah. well get the move off of it I always feel like it's a, it's, it's a, it comes with very negative connotations Whereas I, I wonder if Gordon, I've no issues with it at all like I've no issues with it at all um, In my last season for Wolves as well You're obviously kind of coming towards the end of your contract And you're trying to manufacture a good season and manufacture a move out the door uh, if they don't give you a new contract and, and that's what happened to me so I don't have any issues with Edward doing that uh, he's obviously in fire at the moment it's, I think it's 8 and 6 which is, is brilliant form he seems to as I said earlier on he's playing with a smile on his face but it seems to have come far too late you know and, and I listen to Neil Lennon there saying you know he wasn't quite there at the, the first half of the season my, my question would be why? why is he not at it? why is all these key players not performing at the same level as we're actually seeing at the moment? well I mean there's clearly Something if, if everybody's like that But to be fair If we're talking individual cases Could it Can there be innocent explanations I know we don't like that as football fans But Edward have his, had his own yeah. Covid situation I don't know what strain um, Being in a strange country Under these circumstances yeah. Has on a young man And that's not me making excuses I just wonder if we you know, we, we sort of jump to conclusions and we treat things with a, a broad brush a bit Gordon, too much. Gordon, I think you're, you made a good point in terms of people coping with this situation because it affects people totally different. We've just seen El Hamed come back to Israel, an experienced international footballer, 
uh, and struggled with the environment. So I get all that on board. But you're paid to do the job, Gordon. You know, and so now, I'm talking uh, about the specific thing that Neil Lennon said. There was something on his mind. You know, yeah, that, that may well be it could, the case. It, it could be that, Gordon. But what I'm saying is, you know, you expect. Well, mm. he's clearly not got it in his mind now, so he's got yeah. over that. Looks Whatever all, it is, looks all right this weekend. And Martin is a Rangers fan in Falkirk. What's on your mind tonight, Martin? Hi guys, I just want to um, talk about the Rangers situation there with the potential COVID breaches that's been investigated internally. I've missed the first hour of the show due to work, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating what someone else has said. But no, you're fine. Personally, personally um, I'd like the culprits um, removed from the club. Um, we don't know, uh, as a nation, you know, how thin an ice we're actually on in terms of having our football stopped or even the season cancelled for Nicola Sturge and the Scottish Government. We're racking up you know, quite a list of Covid breaches um, over the last year since football started back again, and we, we don't know. We could be one more incident from the Scottish government stepping and saying, you know what, that's it, game the bogey, end of. The players have um, potentially put in a road risk. They're putting their own safety risk. There are players at risk. I don't want them anywhere near the club. Whoever these culprits are, um, I want them removed. I don't want players like that playing for my club. I mean, you're right. We we don't know. I certainly don't know, Martin. But is this the same though as? You, you mentioned, you know, we as in sort of football, we've had a number of kind of COVID breaches. Is this the same though as as a club having a COVID breach? Uh, you know, a, a club doing something irresponsible, a systematic failure of our protocols, a couple of guys who make a quite frankly ludicrous decision to to go out. Is that the same? Will that you think there's a serious danger of that reflecting on football and in, in terms of the, the game being stopped? Absolutely, because it's the same as when a, a team's playing, uh, playing badly. It's the manager or the box stops with the manager. So if anything's gone wrong in terms of the club, then the only people who can be punished for that is the club because the Scottish government's not going to come in and sack a player. They're going to go right to the head of the club. Hugh? Rangers have established a template here with regard to Jordan Jones and George Edmondson. If, and I have to be hypothetical about all of this because Rangers have not is uh, published the findings yet of their own internal investigation. If there are Rangers players involved, their feet won't touch the ground. They won't play for Rangers again this season. They may even have jeopardised their entire career at Rangers. Uh, Rangers, as I say, have established the template. With regard to Nicola Sturgeon, let me be an utterly cynical old hack. Football fans are voters this is an election year <laughs> the, uh, it was short and sweet it's certainly um, unexpected to, to be discussing that sort of thing on Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Alex it's probably a can of worms we don't want to open let's be honest I think for everybody the last thing they need is the three of us um, pontificating about yeah. that sort of stuff um, man's points w- yeah we will always try and compare things won't we and we'll say well this player did that and that player did that in in a weird way, is every is every breach or every daft decision by a player is is it more serious than the last? Because how can you possibly do that having seen everything that's gone before? We are now pretty much in the tightest restriction that yeah. we've been. You know, remember, but you, you, back to Aberdeen, you were allowed what was it X amount of people were allowed to meet up then, but it was too many. Right now, it's pretty simple. You can't do anything. So, yeah. and you've also had the experience of watching all those misdemeanors before. If you then Make your daft decision On the back of them Is is if, Do you see what I mean Is the most do, recent yeah. one Always worse in a way Gordon I, th- I think when you, when you get Guys like Martin You get the earlier caller Coming on There's a real concern That the, the possibility Of the government May well shut down the season 
Because Rangers are in such a good position at the moment Personally I don't see that happening I don't see it happening anytime soon And the ramifications Now if you just take it that they boys get into that training ground today They were in and about They were mingling with his teammates And then it comes to light tomorrow And then you think right okay We have to go through the whole test and trace process and see how many players we have to withdraw before they go to Belgium that, on Wednesday. That's true. So is that the bit then that maybe if it got to that, that's when it does reflect, like really seriously on football. Well, 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 well listen. In see, terms of the, the plug being pulled or anything. Uh, yeah. Like that. Well, uh, well, I think when you look at no, I don't think the plug will get pulled by that, Gordon. I think the ramifications would be for the mm. club. You know, you look at Celtic and Dubai. The ramifications were that twelve players plus three staff had to pay the price, and then you and then you have that going into these games over the next couple of weeks. It would be. An ultimate price for a moment of stupidity uh, by these guys Thank you Martin The full time teaser I've got for you tonight Is one of those that everybody who's listening Is going to be able to give this a right good go If you need a pen and paper Go and grab one I don't think you will Jim Goodwin New contract St Mirren fans What do you make of it? We'll talk about him next And I'll give you the question as well Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard We've got Ian on the line Who's a St Mirren fan Wants to talk Jim Goodwin Let me give these two numpties The question first though Because they need a lot of time And they need a lot of clues Believe me um, Where is it? It would help if I didn't have My bits of paper all mixed up Took great There we go Gary O'Donoghue Has sent the question in So big thank you to Gary If you want to join People like Gary It's fulltime At Clyde1.com So Can you name Eight Scots Who have played More than 250 English Premier League games Eight Scots have played more than 250 English Premier League games Hugh, take us away Fletcher Darren Fletcher Both went for the same one Yes, top of the tree uh, 250 Stephen Fletcher Not Stephen Fletcher uh, Gary, uh, Cold, Coldwood? Coldwood? Colin Coldwood Yes No You've done me a kipper there <laughs> uh, <laughs> When did they... When did the Premier League start? 92 Duncan uh, Ferguson? Yes Okay, that's a decent start I mean, not brilliant obviously um, But we're looking for eight Scots Who've played more than 250 English Premier League games You've got Darren Fletcher And Duncan Ferguson So six to get got Kevin, him. One Kevin more. Gallagher? No right. I'm afraid not uh, St Mirren fans What do you make of this? Jim Goodwin signed a new three year contract At the club Both he and assistant Lee Sharp New deals which see them Contractually tied until 2024 um, You'll all know Jim Goodwin's backstory 39 year old Won the League Cup with St Mirren as a player And then returned to the club as the manager Back in June 2019 Currently 7th in the Premiership Games in hand on those above them um, Big victories against Rangers In the League Cup quarter final Celtic in the Premiership The first uh, in the East End of Glasgow For a long old time So he's been rewarded with a new contract Ian in Barhead What do you make of that news? I think it's great news and good evening to yourself and, and your own words to the two numpties. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they can't, you can't argue if it's true. <laughs> no, I think it's great news. Uh, I know that most of my fans will be realistic. Jim Goodwin, uh, as in previous managers, he's doing a really good job. Uh, if he continues the good work this season and into next season, then his stock will obviously rise. And I know he's already said he's ambitious. If he would like to manage his country, and I'm sure if an offer from some of the bigger English clubs come in for him, then we know he'll not be there for three years. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, Hugh. We always say you know contractually tied to the club because 
That's part of the idea The idea being that St Mirren protect themselves If Jim Goodwin continues to rise In the way they hope he will They'll get success But ultimately They'll See him move on And, and they'll be protected In that occasion I think he's great Jim Goodwin uh, I know he's upset Neil Lennon And Greg Taylor With his comments about diving But he approaches Managerial life The way he approached His playing life at St Mirren He uh, He doesn't leave any stones unturned um, what a season he's had at the start I feared for him because St Mirren had so many Covid related problems, it was in the early days of the pandemic and they were all over the place with the, the, the Covid protocols and I think there was a run of no wins in six matches and I, you, you fear for people in that position because St Mirren as a club historically uh, don't mess about, if they feel the manager's not doing the job, Ian on the line will know they've sacked however many managers but Jim Goodwin has hung in there, his recruitment's been first class and as I say, given a sequence of results against Livy and Hamilton both in Paisley he can even be in the top five by Saturday night I don't think it's just Ian on the line that knows all too well about yeah. that Alex Ray Absolutely. if you don't mind me uh, saying but there clearly is a feeling of Jim Goodwin is going places, can take St Mirren places and, and this is what happens when you, you want to reward someone Yeah, and he deserves his contract, Gordon The fact that he is currently sat in 7th place with a couple of games in hand uh, I think his recruitment's been great I Actually, do you know the player that I do like is the boy Erehon I think he's very good, very tidy in the middle of the park And that's the great thing about that Because then recruitment's one thing yeah. But when you've brought one of your Three, own through the yeah. system But when you look at the back line, uh, Tate, Fraser McCarthy, Shaughnessy, you know, uh, the boy McGrath, who's obviously got a dislocated shoulder, which is a big blow. Eamon Brophy, we know that they managed to beat a lot of teams to the punch because they actually get a few quid behind mm. them as well. If you've got money behind you, Gordon, as well, and it allows you to uh, recruit in the right type, in the mould that Jim's trying to do, pace, middle to front, uh, and again, young Kyle McAllister can have a good impact there. Mm -hmm. So when, you've, when you factor all that in, and I think Jack Arnick was probably the best signer out of a lot. Well, funnily enough, he and Tony Fitzpatrick Very open as, as always We love Tony's openness and honesty He has confirmed that Jim has been given One of the highest player budgets of any St Mirren manager And he's now the highest paid manager in the club's history No wonder he had a smile on his face um, good So, Ian, is that all Suggesting that the club is, is giving it a go it has, has ambitions and believes that Jim Goodwin can be A key part of that Fairly sound financially We seem to be in a, in a fairly sound footing uh, which hasn't always been the case. You know, we've sometimes burst the bank and almost burst the club. But I think, uh, a slightly tongue-in-cheek, Jim Goodwin uh, going out in the semi-final of the, the League Cup with uh, the previous managers we've had, if he'd actually beaten Livingston, get through to the final and win the Cup, they would probably have sacked him the following year. <laughs> because I've done that with other managers. They win the Scottish Cup, they win the League Cup, and then they're out the door. So maybe this gives them a wee bit of a chance to build something over the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that's all well and good. But the thing that's really bothering me most, Alex Ray, is during lockdown. I mean, you've seen the nick of mine. How is Jim Goodwin's hair He's so consistently it. neat? Well, I know it was. I know it was really windy up at Aberdeen at the weekend, and it looked as if it, I was going to say it's the first time I've ever seen a single hair out of place. Yes. We're going to get this guy's secret. Wonder yeah. if he cuts it himself because no. he had he had more of an Alex Ray hairdo in his By playing day, career. Yeah. Low maintenance, obviously. Yeah, and he's nah, he's got the old silver fox look. But listen, he's done a brilliant job there, and uh, I think he can see a project here, Gordon. So see, when you've been backed with the board financially, 
they have rewarded him as, as Tony said with no pressure with the highest w- uh, manager's wage going uh, I think everything bodes well for them going forward if they can get into the top mm. six as well Gordon there'll be more finances uh, you know going into the summer so again it allows them to go and get some uh, other players in Ian it was a draw at Pataudry at the weekend where would you How would you rank Your chances of, of Finishing top six You're clearly in a good position But how, how confident Are you that that can happen Again I'm, I'm realistic I wouldn't be Too unhappy If we don't But we certainly have A good opportunity Because the next few games We've got all the teams Around us at home And although our better Our away results Have been slightly better Than our home results But Hamilton Will be a, a tough game In the form that they're in and then we've got Livingston as well, who are in a little bit of a, a bad dip. So if we could get six points out of those next two games, and that moves us right into the top six. Yeah, Hugh, the league table makes good reading in that respect because they're all a point off top six behind Dundee United, but with two games in hand. Um, fairness to Dundee United, they've had a revival of their own in the last two games, so I'm sure they will have designs on the top six. But is, is it looking like one of those two Or could you still see a St Johnston Or a, or a Motherwell making a run um, No for me um, It would be Livy or St Mirren um, I well, just Livy or fifth though it's, I mean Dundee United or St Mirren For that last place right. Well St Mirren have got two games in hand Over Dundee United You know, So uh, Jim has momentum going for him I just hope that we're not cursing him tonight by talking about beating Livy and then, or, or beating Hamilton first on Wednesday and then Livy both at home. But uh, you know he's had his problems with uh, with injury as well uh, over the weekend. Uh, I just think he has momentum. Great confidence must be surging through that dressing room, and you've got two home fixtures that you really ought to be confident about. How do you see that portion of the table? Which which one? Sorry, I was right. So just kind of mid, mid, middle to bottom, like I say. So yeah, it's Dundee United yeah. on sixth at the moment. Who can have serious designs on that? Obviously St Mirren because they're one point behind with two games in hand. St Johnson, Johnson possibly. Couple yeah, of points. But they've got four games to go, haven't they? Before the split. So St you know, Johnson do. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So St Johnson, if they've on a little bit of run, possibly a bit too far. Gordon uh, Motherwell, I can't see them. Uh, even if they win the four games, it's a bridge too far. They've got five, but I take yeah. a point. And then, and then you look at uh, the bottom three. For me, it's about the, the three will contest bottom place and the playoff spot. Ian, pleasure to speak to you. Make sure you stay in touch with us. That was Ian in Barhead, happy St Mirren fan, with the news that Jim Goodwin has signed a new contract. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five in the phones. At Clyde SSB On Twitter uh, Any more on that teaser quickly? Striking McAllister mm, McAllister yes No striking Here yeah. Colin Henry No Alright we'll leave it there More than 250 um, Is what we're looking for uh, Let's Just whilst we're in that portion of the table Let's stay there Certainly take loads more of your calls Or, or That's a lie Won't be loads more at 25 day We'll take more of your calls uh, yes. Before 8 o'clock We're just while we're there um, to keep it with some sort of structure, what about that Lanarkshire derby at the weekend, oh. Hugh? Well, what amazes me is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Gordon, that's the third time this season the Ackies have uh, beaten Motherwell. Yes, um, nine of their 23 points have come against Motherwell. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Astonishing. You know, th- nothing makes sense up here. You know, I, I know the Ackies always pull off the great escape. Uh, it, it should really have Steve McQueen as the manager and not Brian Rice. Um, but there was Graham Alexander three wins in the four games since taking over as Stephen Robinson's replacement at Motherwell 
and you know he's looking for a bit of revenge in the Aki's, and it was even worse. You know, I listened to the caller on Saturday night on the the, the program who said he, he actually wanted to use the word disgusted in association with uh, Motherwell's performance. They were hopeless. Yeah, I, I don't think many would argue with that, Alex Ray. Yeah. There were obviously circumstances. You go down yeah. to ten men and essentially two 0 down because of the penalty early on. Um, you can still respond a whole lot better, but um, you know th- that would have played a part. Any complaints about that? That sending off, do you think? Nah, unfortunately, Stephen O'Donnell got caught the wrong side, Gordon, and you know he makes no attempt to play the ball under the letter of the law. It's a straight red card. I'm surprised because he's obviously an experienced player. I could see it materialising and get caught in the wrong side. But I actually like what Hamilton are doing. They do it year after year. They they play with a back three, a lot of young guys within that squad, Gordon. They've got a couple of guys up front as well. I think there's Anderson, Bruce Anderson looks a really good addition as well when you consider Aberdeen are struggling to score goals. Uh, yeah, so the Aki's now one point, just one point behind Kilmarnock, mm. and they've got two games in hand, so looking not too bad for Brian Rice. I've challenged them to try and reproduce what they produced last Sunday and to have a go. Go with two up, have a go. And I think we, we responded magnificently. But the next game against Old Firm is always a worry. It's always been a worry for me right through the years because you get all these pats in the back and plaudits when you do well and it sometimes affects you. It doesn't affect me because I know I know what's at stake and the players know what's at stake. And I think you see that in the performance. I see that every second ball, every header, they're throwing their selling into things uh, and I'm on their back because I want, I, I want the best for them. Uh, but today, you know, we enjoyed that today. It's as good as we've, we've played, passing the ball. Uh, but... I thought every aspect of our game was really good today. Here's what Graham Alexander made of it. We've had a, a poor start with the first goal. Um, you know, from our perspective, a really poor goal to concede after how we've defended for the last you know, five, well, six or seven games, really. And um, to give it away so so cheaply. And, and, and we'll all see it. I've seen it myself, but the players will know exactly how we should have defended it um, because of the work we've done. And uh, we haven't. After that, uh, the penalties, I think, is a, a harsh decision, but you know, I should to, to get sent off. And then when they score, it's a, it's a tough uphill battle from there. You know, and, but, um, you know, half-time, we just asked them to try and win the second half and show a bit of pride and, and show that we've got character even when things are going against you. And I, I think they did that, to be fair. But, um, you know, it's, it's not enough to win a, a game professional football playing for 45 minutes. It's... It's a 90-minute game And uh, we were short today over 90 minutes Right, how are you on this teaser? Eight Scots who've played more than 250 English Premier League games Murray Leckie's might well have them all right I think he's thrown some good names in You've got Darren Fletcher, Gary McAllister And Duncan Ferguson Stuart McCall? Nope Pat Nevin? No, no, no Pat Pat Nevin? No John Collins? No Brian McClare? Grant Hanley? No Davey Weir? No. Oh my God! I'm having. Oh, I've run out of Scott. It's striking. No, you said him already. He was oh, wrong Jesus. the first time. Still right, definitely okay, wrong. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, 250 some innings. I know. So you know, Strachan was too early um, to have amassed that number of English Premier League games. Um, Gillespie, Gary Gillespie. No, I'll give you some thinking time. We'll get the answers and more of your calls next. 
number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Cavens and Alex Ray are here, which means they've got some thinking to do. More thinking than usual, I must admit, having listened carefully to some of their guesses during the break. Yeah, we've got work to do um, Gary O'Donoghue sent the question in tonight Full time at Clyde1.com That's where you need to send it Eight Scots have played more than 250 English Premier League games Darren Fletcher, Gary McAllister, Duncan Ferguson Five to go um, Phil Bardsley Ooh, Good shout Hugh Keevans, Phil Bardsley So remember, when we say Scots If you've played for the national team then It doesn't matter whether you were born here or not Callum Tell Davison me. No Um MacArthur Graham Alexander Alexander no James MacArthur yes Well done Alex Ray So Don Hutchison No mm. The rest of them are all very much in the Hutchison Bardsley mould And that they don't sound like they're um, From this neck of the woods Yes Yes I know what you but mean But they're Scots you know, in term, They've played national team games So very much count One of them has played for Celtic The other two I don't think have ever been up here So I'll leave that with you Right okay uh, Let's bring in Scott Who's a Rangers fan I think he's got a question for Alex Take it away Scott uh, Yeah I've got a wee question for Alex uh, Due to the, the hypothetical uh, Conversations we've been having In regards yeah. to the, the Investigation with Rangers And I heard a Rangers fan earlier on Saying that either, Whatever's going on um, if, if they have breached Covid rules He doesn't expect them to play for Rangers again And Depending obviously the severity of how bad this is, it might not be as bad as what we're all making out. But the question I'd like to ask is um, another hypothetical question: What if Kemal, what if Kemal Roof and Al Morales were at the same party and breached these rules? Uh, do, do they believe that they're not going to play, in, or whoever the players are, are not going to play in Europe? Because again, hypothetically, was the two players who I say is or main players, strikers, whatever? We wouldn't get through this round without the two strikers if we had the likes of Eden going to start these European matches. So I hope it's no the two. I mean, I don't think it is. I don't think there's anything yeah. to suggest it is. I kind of take the, the broader point though, Alex, about it's easy to say, oh, Jones and Edmondson, yeah. not again. Um, no, don't don't play for the club again. This one, if if you know, if it's players that are not quite in the first team, if they're younger players or fringe players. Does it become easier? Do you become a bit selective then? And is that is that wrong? Well, listen. First and foremost, if it was key players, you know, you have to protect that um, asset. That asset, Gordon. So whether they play again, but you know, you have to factor in if it was key players, you're going for a title, then you may well overlook it as opposed to maybe a younger guy, and you want to send out a message. But I think the key thing is to step back for this because it is all hypothetical. Yeah. Step back for it, assess what's actually going on, and then. Uh, do the, the the process what the punishment is that you see fit for that Gordon because I've seen it as well people are reactive and I think when you look at the ramifications I keep going back to that word ramifications Rangers have waited a long time to try and secure a title and some people feel as if this has been jeopardised because of that so I understand all this Rangers have to do the investigation then it's over to the SFA who I said earlier on if there's going to be because we don't know if there's going to be a punishment Gordon because it's it's went from seven games to three games suspended, two games suspended. So there's a barometer there where you can have a 
Three games suspended All the way up to a seven game So again mm. They'll have to look I at do, all that And factor it in I, I do feel like most people in the, And definitely include Rangers fans in this Mostly Rangers fans I feel like The more interesting part for them Is what Rangers do Yep uh, Rather than the, the sort of punishment That's handed down by The Scottish FA I, I don't really base well, that on well, much But but what I'm saying well, Let's play Because we're hypothetical On mm. this question Gordon What happens if it was two if it's a three, main, main player, if it was okay, your main yeah. men, you know, so you know, you have to factor in that the rules should still be the same, given yeah, from from, the, the, from a government, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But from a club point of view, Scott, is that not inevitable? Now I know it sounds, I know it kind of sounds bad, and people would say, well, all players should be treated the same, no matter who they are. But but is it not inevitable that you would assess the breach? You would take the individual circumstances on. You would then assess the player. What? You know what? What's their character? Have they ever stepped out of line before? What What is their future like at the club and so on? Is that Is that not natural that we would do that? No, it sounds very natural that they would do that. But I still can't believe that. You know how minor it is. If they've committed um, breached the rules, how daft, how how stupid they must be. I mean, they must know. That Gerard is definitely something Gerard is going to punish them on. When I say Gerard, I don't know who else is, is involved at the board, mm. what have you. But I, I just can't. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued to find out what it is, and the quicker it's resolved, the better. I don't think it's going to be this week. Sorry, Scott. I was just going to come in there and say I, I I know having spoken to one or two over the course of this season, how hard they have worked behind the scenes, so much so that. Like family members have had to kind of pay the price. Some wives will want to go on holiday. They're going, nope, you know, because of the the potential risk. So a lot of people. Stephen Gerrard done a podcast today, uh, where I think it was uh, Robbie Fowler, and he has been away for his family throughout the course of this as well. You see, El Hamed away mm-hmm. uh, for his family over there. So people are putting a big price on this just to get a night out. It's, it's madness. And that that's the thing, Hugh. It's, it's too easy to speculate um, whether. It, the words that are getting used, you know, what people hear party and think it's fifty people and music blaring. In, in the end, it doesn't really matter. That that might be accurate, it might not, but it doesn't really matter because you can't do anything just now. So it's quite clear, um, you know, what what you should and shouldn't do. Um, Andy Halliday, for instance, at the weekend was was telling us, you know, how hearts are just so on it. You know, with even with with travelling to training and so on, no wriggle room whatsoever. Um, so you, yeah, you. There becomes a point where If you have told an, an individual or individuals Umpteen times And you've made it clear And you've even had the misfortune Of having a breach at your club Which has undoubtedly um, Shown the other players What the punishment can be like What what more what more do you do Can you do to control an individual? No, no There's not a lot you can do Um Stephen Gerrard will be beside himself with anger and frustration. Uh, Scott says he thinks that uh, we won't know the outcome this week. We have to know the outcome this week because Police Scotland know who these individuals are. And Rangers will want to do the right thing. They have to do the right thing. Stephen Gerrard speaks all the time about respect and humility. Stephen Gerrard and Rangers have to respect what is going on in the country, how many people have lost their lives because of COVID-19, and they have to show humility in the face of players for a second time at Rangers having breached the protocol. So Rangers have to come out with a fulsome statement, a declaration of what will happen to the players, and an assurance as best they can 
that this will not be repeated. If the last time the Jones and Edmonton's anything to go by, that's exactly what will happen. But I, I don't know. I know circumstances are different, but it was pretty swift. I think the last time the communication wasn't. It? Um, all right, we'll leave it there, Scott. Thank you very much. That was Scott, a Rangers fan, on the line. Um, any more on the teaser? No, I'm struggling. No. Hugh. Right, I'll give you some. Cl- I'll give you some clues in a couple of minutes. Just quickly, another one to finish up on that we didn't get round to. Um, Aberdeen, Derek McInnes, yeah. failing to win again at the weekend, failing to score a goal again at the weekend. Mm. Uh, Dave Cormack pulling the plug on a planned Q and A event that was meant to take place uh, tomorrow. Um, a statement from him was it last night? I think it yep. was. Yeah, um, saying you know it was my decision to confirm that we were having the event in the first place. It's now my decision to. Postpone it Our focus needs to 100% Be on supporting Derek And the players That surprises Sorry Hugh I was just going to say That surprises me Because he was the one That instigated it So what is the mind change of We have to focus 100% On where he was the guy That actually put it in place I think He's Thinking to himself Alec You know what No matter what I say It's not going to help And if I get involved In uh, An online Rammy How's it going to look the day before Aberdeen plays Celtic? That's my concern for Derek McInnes. Next three games, Celtic, Kilmarnock, Celtic again. Kilmarnock going to Petaudry at the weekend, fighting for their lives. Tommy Wright will move heaven and earth to make sure he doesn't leave Petaudry on the losing side. If Aberdeen fail to score against Celtic on Wednesday night at Celtic Park, it'll be the first time in 118 years of Aberdeen Football Club's history that they've gone that length of time without scoring a goal in league matches. It's all building up. It's all getting very precarious. Yeah, I mean, both those Celtic games are in Glasgow, Alex, and then the Kilmarnock game at Petaudry actually comes with its own pressure because although it's more winnable, then if you don't win it, the, the fans, clearly, that gives them more cause to be frustrated. Derek McInnes might win all three and it will be nine points and, and people will feel a whole lot different. But, you know, it, that's the obvious scenario that's, that's staring the the people who, who aren't convinced that, that he can continue to lead the club That's the obvious yeah. Gordon, listen, I think even when you go back to last year When they had a decent finish in the league they, 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 There was fans clamouring for him to go I think because of the timescale that he's been there I think people are a bit too familiar uh, And this run of results, 1-1 one, one and 9 Is really poor And the pressure will be on Because it's obviously very difficult to come down to Rangers and Celtic and Glasgow and get a win and then it just mounts the pressure going into the weekend if they don't get it in midweek so the longer it goes on going the bigger the, the noise will become from out with OK let's round off this question Gary O'Donoghue wants to know can you name the 8 Scots who've played more than 250 English Premier League games Darren Fletcher Gary McAllister Phil Bardsley James MacArthur Duncan Ferguson 3 to get Jim Cunningham's just stolen in on Twitter with a cracker that you're looking for well Jim, give a call, will you, mate? <laughs> nothing, nothing from you two. Even producer Callum knows one. Yeah, I think he does. He's nodding away. Um, no, nothing. Need clues? Clue no, time? Cl- yeah, clue time. Yes. yes. Right, the one that's played for Celtic also played f- most notably for Coventry and St Mirren. And he's got one Scotland cap, so it's Keel. very. Uh, no, you're just getting his name mixed up. You're, you're thinking oh, of the right it's, guy, it's, it's, but you've got his name mixed up. I can tell. Gary. Oh, no, no. Uh, yes, you. Oh. What the fullback? Yeah. Uh, what was his name? I played uh, against uh, Gary. Uh, no. His name was um, no, no, no. Paul. 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 Yes. Something. Paul. 
Hugh, Paul, Paul, can you finish it off? <laughs> Come on, Telfer. 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 Yes, Paul Telfer. Okay, the other two, um, again, never played up here. Leeds would be one club to think of down the road. Uh, Leeds play for Scotland. Mm. What position? I was a defender. Play for Liverpool as well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Dominic Matto. Yes, Dominic Matto. Yeah, yeah. right, well done. And the last one was a, a regular pick for Scotland in the sort of. Gordon Strachan era Played for Most notably West Brom Down the road The baggies uh, Scottish player Position yeah. Central midfield Played a lot of games For Scotland I, I Oh it's Morrison Yes James Morrison Well done Thank Good you Good singer Hugh. as well Absolutely Thank you Hugh Keevans And Alex Ray For joining me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Busy as always So thank you to you For your calls For your tweets and for keeping us company We're back tomorrow Do it all over again From 6 with Gordon DL And Roger Hanna Building up to more Midweek football here So make sure You join us then And in the meantime Stay right there Callum Gallagher Has got you for the rest of the night He's coming up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors for an unpredictable world, talk to Thompsons.com.